Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm always thrilled to have this guy on. I, For my money, I think he, I think he's the best NFL reporter, writer, speaker, podcaster, media member. He does everything in the country. Mike Florio, the, the gentleman behind Pro Football Talk, Twitter, at Pro Football Talk joins us right now. Mike, uh, good morning. Thank you. And what a what a crazy week two it was. Oh, it really was. And it's the perfect commercial for the NFL as it relates to the danger of giving up on any game. Never change the channel. You never know what's going to happen, whether it's 21 points down in the fourth quarter, 13 points with less than two minutes to go. Anything can happen. And yesterday, everything did happen. Well, let's start. Let's start there. Let's start with that Dolphins game and, and such an incredibly important performance for for Tua Tungavailoa. In, in particular, we tend to be, and Mike, I'm guilty of this too, overreactionary for better or worse in, in single moments on single games. The NFL's a long season. What for you is the proper takeaway from what what Tua and the Dolphins did in that game and that comeback? Well, and I think it's fine to overreact properly react it's all we have to react to these curmudgeonly get off my lawn types that don't like it when we overreact what else are we supposed to talk about this is all we have please let us enjoy our overreaction we know they're not handing out super bowls based upon what happened in week two but let us enjoy it we got nothing else okay rant over now as it relates to Tua, six touchdown passes a big deal having tyree kill and jalen waddle a big deal and it's not as if he's suddenly become Dan Marino, but he's playing better. We saw in the preseason how he's putting more time into his craft. And one name that has gone overlooked so far, and it's not Mike McDaniel, the new head coach, it's Daryl Bevel, the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator, who is getting more out of Tua. He wasn't great his first two years. He's in the process of transforming into a great quarterback, and it helps to have those weapons in Hill and Waddle, first teammates in league history to have at least 10 catches, 150 receiving yards, and two touchdowns each in the same game. Mike Florio here on the show. Mike, in in soccer and baseball, there's a lot of talk about confidence. I never hear it in the NBA. To what degree, obviously skills matter, obviously health matters, obviously for a quarterback in the National Football League, your protection, your coordinator, all those things matter. How much do you think for a guy like Tua or any of these players that are unproven and trying to carve a career for themselves that confidence does or doesn't sway the direction their careers go? 
I think confidence is huge. Uh, football is the ultimate sport in which you have to be confident. You have to be confident to the point of delusional about what you can do. And if you get off to a good start and if you begin to develop more confidence, I say this all the time, confidence begets confidence. And before you know it, you're a team and you're a player that others are looking at differently, that others are in awe of, that others are being more more focused on trying to stop. Now, there's a downside to it as well. You get a target on your back eventually, just ask the Bengals. But that confidence that you can develop early in a given season can really carry you and make you better uh, in the short term and, and in the long term. So I, I think confidence is a huge part of it. And, you know, you've got to be confident. You've got to be, especially as a quarterback, you've got to be willing and able and ready to try to squeeze a ball in a tight spot, to not worry about making a mistake. Just go out and let it rip and let it fly and have faith and confidence in your abilities. And, Mike, what is your confidence level? And I know this is way down the line, but that Trey Lance, who will be out for the season, is still likely to be able to live up to the expectations the Niners had for him when they took him number three overall in a draft a few years ago. Well, I think the Niners did him no favors whatsoever in putting him in that spot. It's one thing to make him the third overall pick. It's another to make him the third overall pick after you invest a total of three first-round picks and a third-round pick in that player. It puts an inordinate amount of pressure on him. You bring him through the door while you still have a quarterback who took you to a Super Bowl. And then while he sat on the bench most of his rookie year, he did have two starts and he got injured in both of those games. The incumbent almost takes the team back to the Super Bowl. The players love him. They exile Jimmy Garoppolo. Then they bring him back as the backup. And who knows what they're going to do with Garoppolo next year. They can't keep him off the free agent market. But what if they decide to find a way to keep him around for 2023 because they're not sure Lance is going to be healthy? And I frankly think they weren't weren't quite sure what they have in Trey Lance. Well, now all of that has been delayed for another year we're getting into year three of his career we still don't know if he can play that's going to put more pressure on him when he's finally out there on the field and there's a point at which at least in san francisco it's not going to happen for trey lance i'm not ready to say that yet but i think next year there's going to be a ton of pressure on him and on the team and it could be that by the time we get to 2024 he needs a fresh start somewhere else and i really do think it's unfair to him and this is why i'm a big proponent of players coming out of college being able to pick their NFL teams just like they pick their college teams. Trey Lance didn't ask to be put in that spot. Just like Jordan Love in Green Bay. He didn't ask to be put in between a dysfunctional quarterback and front office and he's stuck there now. Same thing with Lance. He's stuck in a bad spot and we'll see how it plays out. But I think it's too early and a lot of it depends upon what Garoppolo does this year in place of Trey Lance for the rest of the year or until Garoppolo gets injured, because that's one of the reasons why they wanted to get rid of him. He's not durable either. Mike Florio here on on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bill Ryder. Mike, Tom Brady, not the sharpest that we've seen out of the gate, but we've seen that before. Obviously, I hate talking about people's personal lives, but there's some stuff out there about his personal life, which which he has has addressed. And now reports out that he is going to be given a, they call it a Veterans Day off, a Wednesday's off, what do you make of that decision and what it says about where Brady might be physically or, or headspace-wise? Well, a lot of older guys get the Wednesday off every week. I remember Ben Roethlisberger was getting the Wednesday off every week. Look, Brady knows the offense inside and out. 
it may have been part of the deal that he struck in order to come back. And if so, the Buccaneers would have been happy to do it. They'd rather have him Thursday, Friday, and Sunday than have him on Wednesday. And you raise a great point about the personal life. Is it fair game? He said last week he's not bothered by it. Look, he leads a very public life. And when you welcome that, when you are selling underwear and crypto on your Twitter page, when you are an open book, you can't be selective. I say that all the time. you got players in the NFL who say, hey, everybody look at me. You can't turn around in the next breath and say, what the hell are you looking at? So it becomes a relevant factor, especially if it's affecting his play. We worry about how an injury affects someone's play. He looks thin. He looks gaunt. He's 45. I think that this is a real issue that needs to be monitored as the season unfolds, and I think defenses are going to come after him aggressively this year. So, yeah, it's all fair game, and, and we'll see. We are in new territory with NFL quarterbacks, and Brady is stretching the rubber band farther than we've ever seen a quarterback do it. So everything that happens, I think it's fascinating. It's unprecedented. And this will be the manual or the playbook that future quarterbacks may use because he's the one who's blazing that trail. Mike, I'm a long-suffering Bears fan who borderline hates his own team, so I'm well aware of the lack of a test that it often is for a team to beat the Bears, especially the Green Bay Packers, their record historically, and certainly Aaron Rodgers. So to whatever degree you feel like you can glean some info from last night's game, are you, are you, are you a buyer of, of, of Packers stock? Do you believe in Green Bay this year, or do you have some doubts based on what we saw in Week 1? You know, it's funny. When you look at the final score of a game, 27-10, and when I was growing up, that was just like an indication of just an old-fashioned drubbing. 27-10, we kicked your ass pretty good. But there was a moment in the fourth quarter where it could have been 24-17. You had the Justin Fields dive to the pylon. His knee hit the ground before he scored a touchdown. And then the run up the middle out of shotgun formation, which I still don't understand, but maybe the ball got across the front of the plane. All it's got to do is kiss that front end, but until they actually see the ball, they won't overturn the ruling on the field. It's kind of a weird way where the NFL ignores common sense and insists on seeing the ball in order to have clear and obvious visual evidence. But if it's 24-17 in that spot, that potentially changes things. Aaron Rodgers was lamenting the fact that the offense sputtered in the second half. So the Bears at least hung around. Look, do you expect to go to Lambeau Field and beat the Packers in their home opener? No. And you look around the league right now, there's a lot of teams that are going to be jumbled up at one and one. It's what you do going forward. It's how you get better on the fly. This is a team that has the potential to improve as the season goes on, and we'll see what they do one week at a time. But I think that's one of the realities of having 17 games now. There's no longer any reason to freak out about one and one or 0 and 2 because there's still 15 games left. All those stats we used to hear about, well, X number of 0-2 teams ever turn it around to make it to the playoffs. That applies to 16. With 17, we've got one year that we can look at. I think that changes everything. So last night's a mulligan as far as I'm concerned for Bears fans. Yeah, Mike, I want to hit on that. Just what is your – and you're right, the, the, the math is different because the, the format is different. And the exact stat is, I think, 9.5% of the 400 teams since the merger that have started 0-2 have made the postseason – just watching the Bengals, obviously what they accomplished last year, and watching the Raiders and the expectations that are on them in a very crowded AFC West, do you do you like either of those teams, both of those teams, neither of those teams, to, to turn it around in a long season and, and, and end up in the postseason? Well, at least the Raiders can say we're working in new systems, new offense, new defense, new coaching staff, and they were up 20 to nothing. 
it's not good that they blew the lead, but at least they built the lead. The Bengals, now they came from behind against the Steelers, but they were down 17-3 in that game. They were down 17-3 in this game, and they came back again, and the Cowboys won it late. So they just can't be falling behind 17-3. And that offensive line, it's going to take time for it to gel. They replaced four of the starters. And, and look, I, I don't want to be overly critical of the Bengals because it looks like they are changing the way they do business. But they've got a thing about not guaranteeing money beyond the first year of veteran contract. And that may have kept them from getting Ryan Jensen. Now, of course, Ryan Jensen, the Buccaneers center, is currently hurt. But we don't know that he would have suffered a knee injury if he'd signed with the Bengals. And he would have been an upgrade over what they currently have at center. And maybe they could have done even more on the offensive line if they would have been more competitive with their free agency contracts. But that's what they do. Only guaranteed money in the first year. And maybe that's going to make it harder for them to make that team as good as it can be around Joe Burrow. But we're seeing it now. And the thing about 0-2, here's the one area where it's very relevant. Chris Sims talked about this all the time on PFT Live, and I'm sure we'll be discussing it this week as we move toward week three. For those 0-2 teams, the tension, the urgency, the pressure, the stress, it gets higher and higher with each loss until you get that first win. You just really feel it. And this is a week where the 0-2 teams are going to feel it, and any of them that become 0-3, they're really going to feel it going into week four. You get to 0-4, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but you're pretty much screwed. I think that's the official technical. You're pretty much screwed. I remember the Bobby Ross Chargers turning it around in 92 and getting to the playoffs, and maybe somebody else did it or got close to it. But, you know, for some of these teams, they are halfway to being done if they can't turn around and get a win. Mike Florio uh, from Pro Football Talk on on the show. All right, last one for you, Mike. And as always, man, love the time. Appreciate the perspective. This is great. I don't know if I'm supposed to call tonight's slate a doubleheader since they, they overlap, but whatever we're calling it, do you like Monday Night Football when there's two games set up the way there are tonight? No, I hate it. I hate it. And, I look, I, I don't know if this gets me in trouble with anybody. I despise it. Overlapping doubleheader? No. Primetime, we watch one game at a time. And, you know, ESPN would say, well, they're, they're, it's reducing the commitment from the – who cares? We want the commitment. I want six hours of football. I want to watch two games. I'll be bleary-eyed tomorrow. I don't care. At least I'll have an excuse for it. I want to watch <laughs> one game at a time. That's the beauty of primetime football. You spend your Sunday afternoon with your head on a swivel trying to keep up with everything. Then comes Sunday night. You can just focus on one game. Monday night, one game. And if you're going to do two, you do them one at a time, 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock. I don't like it at all, and I think a lot of people are going to complain about it. I think they did it a couple of times during the COVID year where they did like a staggered doubleheader. I just I, I do not like it one bit. But I, I have a feeling it's going to be here to stay like two or three times a year starting next season. Mike Florio, uh, great stuff as always. Love the candor, love the passion, love the perspective. Thank you so much for, for taking time from Pro Football Talk to, to jump on and, and, and talk some, some football with us. Thanks, Bill. Have a great day, pal. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 